0: This week's podcast brought to you by Bed Shoes.
1: I was at our son's soccer game on Mother's Day, and one of the parents asked where you were. Where were you?
0: I was at Six Flags Amusement Park with three of our children and three of their friends.
1: Well, evidently taking six children to Six Flags didn't seem to be the best Mother's Day gift, but this parent said to me, but then I know from listening to your podcast, your history of gift giving.
0: Which is... Poor to slightly poor.
1: If you say so. And uh, so I said to this parent who shall remain nameless, his name is Brian Liss, L I S S. I said, You're right, I can never remember whether she loves truffles or hates truffles. And Brian said, She hates them.
0: He knows me so well.
2: Things has no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad, having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.
0: This past Sunday was Mother's Day. And a couple days before Mother's Day, you and I were in Target. We had to get something. And you stopped at the card section and started looking for Mother's Day cards. And I told you, don't buy me a card. Please just have the kids
1: make me a Mother's Day card. But first you said, don't buy me any tulips, because there were tulips there. I know you wanted tulips. And I said, look, tulips. Why don't I buy you some tulips? And you said, no, you can't buy them here. You have to buy them at Stop and Shop. And I said, but I'm here now.
0: <laughs> the, the reason I didn't want you to buy me the tulips at Target was that particular batch of tulips had um, was already on its way out. Those things were only going to last a couple of days, so it wouldn't have been worthwhile to get me the tulips there. But anyway, I told you just have the kids make me a card, so come Mother's Day morning. Our youngest daughter had been busting at the seams she could not wait to give me what she had made for me at school she'd brought it home I think on Thursday and every day she said can you open my present and I said no I'm saving it for Mother's Day I can't wait I'm really looking forward to it but I'm I'm saving it until so I can have it on Mother's Day so she made me this adorable little frame and put this lovely little note inside and then our 11-year-old had spent some time making me a card that she had cut out and colored and it was really thoughtful. And so then our 13-year-old came down and I said, where's my card? And she just looked at me all confused. And I said, didn't dad tell you that all I wanted was for you guys to make me a card? And she said, no, dad didn't tell me that. (laughs) And then I asked our son and he said, oh, we did something at school. We were supposed to write down 10 10 reasons we love mom or 10 things that mom does for us. He said, I got to number two and I couldn't think of any more. So I just left them in my folder at school. (laughs) I mean, clearly two of our children take after me when it comes to gift giving and two of them take after you.
1: Well, it's not true that all you wanted was a homemade card because I passed you. On the couch, you were on the couch, I was walking behind the couch, you were watching some sort of salacious video, <laughs> Cinemax After Dark or something, it was a bow-chicka-bow music, and I couldn't help but peer over your shoulder and see that it was a some kind of vacuum porn. <laughs> you were watching a Dyson commercial. Uh, yes, I was trying to
0: keep it from you, since I took a screenshot. I, need, I needed a new vacuum and i figured you were going to be you were going to have absolutely no idea of what to get me for mother's day and i just happened to need the vacuum now so i took a screenshot of the vacuum sent it to you i took a screenshot of the 20% off coupon and sent it to you and just said here it is it, i made it easy for you to just get me a gift with a coupon for mother's day and in typical male russian fashion I had taken our daughters and their friends on Mother's Day morning to Six Flags and we had a really nice time there, it was actually a lot of fun. And then when I came home, still parking the minivan, our son walks into the garage, the vacuum was in a box, no bow or anything on it, and he just said, here, and left it in the garage for me to then carry inside. So. Thank you for the delivery of the gift and for the gift itself. I actually really like the gift and I love my children, even though they may not be the best card or gift givers.
1: Yes, because you would have wanted a bow on your vacuum, wouldn't you
0: (laughs) Well, I think it would have made it funnier if our son had delivered the boxed vacuum with a bow on top. When she was alive, my mother was the queen of the guilt trip. She could get you to do things just by tugging at your guilt strings my brother sent a text to my sister and me the night of Mother's Day and he said I just channeled mom's inner guilting skills he told his sons to go rake the grass on the front that his wife was mowing so they could at least pretend they did something with her on Mother's Day so my response was shouldn't you have been mowing I mean you let your you guilt your sons into spending time with their mother by telling them to rake the grass as she's mowing. Hey, but then his
1: hey, she's not his mother.
0: <laughs> but then he he had a pretty uh pretty great response. He said I was making cilantro steak, pesto salmon, and Caesar salad, and his wife prefer would prefer to be mowing than to be making dinner. So kudos to my brother for uh for making dinner on
1: Mother's Day. And I just had a recovered memory that I. Asked you what you wanted for Mother's Day, and I offered a number of thoughtful gifts that you declined. I You did? Yes, I did. What were they? I called you or texted you. You texted and said, me. You and were, said, and you were, let me yes, finish. Okay. May I finish? Ross Perot style? You may finish. Uh, and asked you, since the kids always borrow your headphones and lose them and break them and damage them, would you like a new pair of headphones? And you replied, no, no, I don't want a new pair of headphones, which was a bummer because I was standing in the Minneapolis St. Paul Airport kiosk that sold nothing but headphones. (laughs) So I then texted you, would you like a neck pillow that says Minneapolis on
0: it? I've never used a neck pillow in my life. And you
1: also declined that.
0: Yes. Well, I don't want you to get me something I'm not going to use. I have a pair of like $15 tiny earbuds that are perfect. That's what I wear when I'm running or if I'm listening to something on the plane. I don't use a neck
1: pillow. What about a $9 bag
0: of Sun Chips? (laughs) Even better, an already-eaten a... bag of $9 And, and, sun and a $9 chips.
1: bag of sun chips for the troops? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, you were in Minnesota. How, how was your trip? You were out there for a couple of days. I'm going to be out there this coming weekend. You were out there last weekend.
1: It was delightful, as it always is. And uh, as, as is uncannily the case, I had an early morning flight out there. I had been upgraded to first class. And the flight attendant asked if anybody would like anything to drink. And it's 7.50 in the morning. And the guy in front of me asked for two Baileys. Two? Two. I didn't really think of Baileys as a breakfast drink. No, I don't really think of it as a... Well,
0: I guess if you put it in coffee, did he put it in his coffee or did he just... I think
1: it was kind of an after dinner. You know, this was uh, 12 hours after dinner in this guy's case.
0: (laughs) What did you have? Did you have a, a Diet Coke, no, which no, 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 I always no. think is an odd no, no, I breakfast didn't. I didn't. drink
1: as I, well? I had a, I'd already had about 64 ounces of water, so I, I, I was pinned against the window and was just trying to will my bladder not to explode. You and realize reached,
0: there are restrooms on airplanes. I know, but the guy next
1: to me had the tray table down, the laptop up, and uh, had kind of sealed off the aisle for the uh, for the duration of the flight.
0: You tweeted that you spent some time at White Castle while you were in... Minneapolis. Now I, now explain to people like me who have I don't I think I've been to White Castle once and it was just with you the different lingo that you use at White Castle and, and what you eat when you go there.
1: Okay, Rebecca. Please I will, I will explain that to you. I, Please I, I like this I like this curious uh, Charlie Rose without sexual harassment kind of interviewing style you're you're doing here. I think you
0: would prefer the Charlie <laughs> yes. Rose with the sexual <laughs> harassment, but
1: Ah, Charlie Rose. Um well, you, you get a slider with vinyl and a box of nails, and um, I had several of those, and they were delicious, just as I remember them. You sp- Not to go to all Food Network on you, but the snap of the onion, the, the sort of gummy residue that forms between the bun and the steamed burger, it's uh, like no other.
0: Speaking of Charlie Rose made me think of, when I was in New York City for the WNBA draft, in the morning I went over to the new ESPN studios to be on their morning show, Get Up. And was uh, the car took me over there, and I was sitting in the back. And when I got there, I tried to open the door, but there was no handle on the inside to open the door. There was a button to push. No handle. No handle. So I was pushing the button, but it wasn't opening the door. And so the driver had to get out and come around and open the door. I'm always kind of uncomfortable with that. I'd and rather just open the door. The driver
1: but, was Charlie Rose? No,
0: but it made me, I was like, am I in the Matt Lauer car? Right. Like there's a button that's been pushed oh. that is going to prevent me from because he getting a,
1: out of this car. A button behind his desk that locked That locked the doors, door, right?
0: yeah. So I think that's, I don't have any idea which car company makes that car, but I think that's what it should be called. It, the Chrysler Lauer
1: it, or it, whatever. It, it it, it is, uh, it's making me think now, the Charlie Rose. Pete Rose, who was Charlie Hustle of course, that surname Rose were go, sort of going down the list. To, we need the Are next, there more? Are there more roses in the...
0: In the in line? Is there a trilogy or
1: is it just those
0: two? I don't know. It's obvious that you were on a, a trip recently because you had your rolly bag and you're good for when you get back from a trip, what does it usually take you to unpack your rolly bag? A week on yeah,
1: average? Yeah, about that. I mean this is a tiny, this is... Uh, half the size of the usual rollerboard bag. It's it's a roughly the size of a of an old LP record album cover. Yeah. It's
0: tiny, like a, or an old typewriter or that sort of thing. And it takes you a week to unpack your your rolly bag. Go on. Which is fine. That part doesn't doesn't really bother me. But what does get me and, and you did it on when you came back on this trip is you had the rolly bag in the corner of the room, the wheels touching the pillows
1: no, what because really the our you? show hold no, on no, no 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 I would never no. do that I would never no. do that never Listen, the wheels never the, the wheels the, no
0: the didn't finish. happen the the show pillows were on the bed and the actual pillows that we rest our head on were like piled up under the window in the bedroom, and your bag, your rollie bag, was over next to them. It wasn't on top of them, but the bottom of your bag, the rolly bag, was touching the pillow. So that's why I had to wash all of the pillowcases, because that, of course, is disgusting. No, no, cause no. that's the same I, I never, bag. I never
1: set the rolly bag down on the that, floor in, a, in the men's room.
0: That's the... S- that's the same bag if you so you'd never use the restroom so no, of course no, no. you rolled the bag into the restroom when you use the restroom whether you're at the airport
1: i i have the wheels hover just above the floor and, and <laughs> right, i that I, balancing act i personally hover just above the floor <laughs> when i'm in any airport men's room anyway that's
0: absolutely <laughs> disgusting the other day i came in the kitchen and i've talked about our son putting his protective cup what on you the really counter.
1: don't like is when i put the suitcase on the bed to pack it, which I think yeah, a I think standard that's gross procedure. Too. That's gross too. I mean, if you've watched any movie or TV show of the last fifty years, people you put the suitcase on the bed to pack you it. You never do. put you your do. suitcase. Where, on your where bed Where did the Brady's put the suitcase when they were in Hawaii before they the, they put the suitcase down and snapped the sandal that that it, continued the bad luck? It's run okay of the tiki. if
0: you really want to. If you want to put your suitcase on the hotel bed, I don't have a problem with that. You don't I, ever I, put I wouldn't, your suitcase on your own bed. I wouldn't put the suitcase on, on the hotel on bed. bed.
1: I wouldn't put the suitcase on the hotel bed to protect the suitcase. Right. <laughs>
0: but it yes I think it's disgusting when you put the suitcase on on the bed to pack it but I also think like I don't mind you rolling it through the house but just don't put it near anything that we're gonna we're gonna sleep on I also I don't like when you if you're like laying on the bed to write if you have your shoes on I'm not a fan of that either I think you should take your shoes off but anyway you know you know I, I-, I, <laughs> we, I guess we were raised differently
1: you believe I should take my shoes off when I get into bed. <laughs> And I say, excuse me, Mrs. Rockefeller. But that's just not how I was raised. It's
0: got to be something. It's, you got to update the Mrs. Rockefeller. It's got to be... Excuse
1: me, Mrs. Gates.
0: Mrs. Jobs. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, recently, you, you t- had our son's Are you, su- you, su-
1: you suggesting that my <laughs> Rockefeller is outdated?
0: Since I did a report on John D. Rockefeller captain of industry or robber baron when I was in high school. Excuse yes.
1: me? John D. Rockefeller, yes. captain of industry or robber baron? This was, and, and, and you had si- to take sides. side of the, the, of the coin, as it were, did you come down I on? I think
0: I came down on robber baron. Robber baron. Barron. Of course you did because you were full
1: of high school righteous indignation. Idealism,
0: yes. And I remember going to a local state college, Westfield State College, to use their library because it was all about books and microfiche and microfilm and, you know, there obviously was no way to Google anything back then because google didn't exist but anyway back to but
1: no no let's not get back to that immediately do we have a hard copy of john d rockefeller captain of industry or robber baron by rebecca lobo all, somewhere still in your trapper keeper
0: first of all you know me well enough to know there's a good chance that we do
1: <laughs> of course there's a chance we do um i still have some notebooks for my freshman year in college anyway you should you should donate your literary papers <laughs> to the University of Connecticut.
0: I think I'm waiting for my own library. Right when, when they build the Rebecca Lobo Unpresidential Library, yes. that will be in it. But anyway, back to our son. You one day you had you took our son's backpack and you put it on the counter. And his backpack shouldn't be in too many bathrooms. But he doesn't bring bring it back and forth to school, and. I just don't like stuff like that on my food surfaces, on the surface, the part of the counter where, this isn't the part of the counter where they do their homework, it's the part where I actually cut vegetables or prepare food, so just keep your that grossness away from where I prepare food and keep it away from my pillow. Okay, <laughs> that's what I want for Mother's
1: Day. <laughs> here's, what you, here's what you're gonna get next Mother's Day. And I, this is my pledge to you.
0: I can't wait. <laughs>
1: I'm just for for one night only. I'm going to get into bed with my shoes off.
0: <laughs> know what you should really do? You should vacuum my pillowcase and you should vacuum the counter.
1: <laughs> well, since I presented you with a lovely vacuum, we can do that now. Well,
0: that's the point. I get it. To cap off Mother's Day, I think this was Mother's Day. It might have been the next day. You and our son that evening... We're playing something in the front hallway. You you always play some sort of game. It, hall, this, ball. hall ball. Hall So this wasn't basketball because there is a Nerf hoop that's hanging on our entryway door. But what's, what exactly is hall it ball? It wasn't hallway soccer. Which you also play.
1: Which we also play. Uh, this was a new invention. It was, um, I was too tired to get up. So I, we had to play a game that I could play from <laughs> s- from the piano bench. <laughs> Okay. Well, in fairness, I had played, I had been to a soccer game. I had stayed an hour after a soccer game just to play one-on-one on on various goals. And we kept getting moved because new games were starting on those fields. Then we played a good hour of hallway soccer and basketball in our house. And I was tired. I wanted to sit down and play the piano. And uh, he was having none of it. So I said, I'll play something that we can play from right here. So I sat on the piano bench. He stood in the doorway of the little hallway there. and Just about, what, 15 feet away? Yeah. About, about that. that. And I, I, I would try to throw the ball past him. He was playing goalkeeper for the doorway. What kind of ball? It was a rubber, rubber ball, like a rubber bouncy ball, but um, the size of a one, one you could palm. And so um, for each time that I got the ball past him, he owed me 10 cents, and every time I got the ball past him, I owed him ten cents. Well, this was actually
0: on the, the Monday that gambling was legalized. So you were trying to just get him ready for just serendipitous.
1: It happened to be right. serendipitous. Yes, we had legalized gam- sports gambling in our house yeah. ages ago. That, so you were t- only between him, only between father. You're and
0: son. teaching him two good lessons at the same time: how to right. gamble and how to throw a ball. In well, the house. worse than that,
1: I was teaching him that when when you're losing, as I was, just keep gambling <laughs> until you win it back because I was now down 90 cents and, uh, and I was trying to make my money back and, I th- and he was complaining that his hands hurt and he wanted to get his soccer goalie gloves and I said no, that wouldn't count that would be cheating because he was able to stop the ball but it was starting to hurt his hands so I, I realized that throwing it high making him use his hands was going to be my advantage over the long haul so I threw it high this one, he pulled his hands away
0: because his hands hurt which you already hurt. knew right I this is the first time I'm hearing this part the of the ball story, sailed. which is making it worse. The
1: ball went over his head. I'm now down 80 cents. Unfortunately, it continued at a blistering pace and uh, hit a framed photograph of our four children and shattered the glass, and, and the glass shattered. Ever it was it was Daryl Dawk, Dawkins-esque Dawkinsian.
0: I was in the kitchen making dinner, and and and,
1: and he ran away, and everybody kind of. Scattered to various corners.
0: As they should have. So I'm in the kitchen making dinner. I'm only partially paying attention to what foolery the two of you have going on. And I hear that you're gambling and teaching our son how to gamble. And he owes you 80 cents or you owe him 80 cents or however it's going. And then all of a sudden. Double or nothing.
1: It was a lot of doubling, down. Okay.
0: And then all of a sudden I just hear the frame shatter and fall to the ground and just make all kinds of noise. And I know exactly which picture it is. It's one that I love. It's one our babysitter made for me for Mother's Day a few years ago. It's a, There's four... There was no intent. There's four pictures in the frame, each of our kids holding a letter, L, O, V, and E, spelling out love. That the, they had it uh,
1: mixed up and it sp- ended up spelling vol.
0: <laughs> spelling love. Each of them that was old enough had painted one of the letters. It, it's one of my, if not my favorite picture framed picture in the entire house that was given to me for Remember, mother's day however many years ago these are
1: only objects yes. we can replace objects we so can't, we can't replace the memory so
0: that shatters and goes down and it, on that honestly i was like okay whatever and so then you know you tell the kids stay out of here there's glass all over the floor and then you, uh, you're going in and you're sweeping up the bigger shards of glass and i hear you well first i hear you say to our son why didn't you catch it as if it was his fault. And then,
1: to your credit... In, in fairness, it did hit him in the hands. To your,
0: to, to your and credit... And I was always
1: taught by my brothers and my dad growing up that if it hits you in the hands, you should have caught it. 15 or... Never 20. really adequately explained, like when he just grazes your fingertip as you're going full out, but still.
0: Anyway, so... After you could, I'm sure he got a little bit upset thinking it was his fault. 15 or 20 seconds later, you said, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And I'm thinking, in what world would this be our nine-year-old son's fault? It's not. I
1: wanted him to know that it was mom's fault for hanging that picture there.
0: (laughs) The first thing was, why did not you catch it? And then as you were sweeping up the glass... You started blaming the frame. And this is when I got ticked (laughs) because I'm like, and they're still making dinner. And and you were clearly like commenting because you were hoping I was going to come help. The one thing I absolutely wasn't going to do was come help. But um, you started saying, what kind of glass is this that shatters into this many pieces? And that's the moment when I said,
1: stop. Just clean it up. It did seem. It does seem silly. They don't make. They don't make windshield glass out of real glass. What is this? 1951? Could well, have killed somebody. It, uh,
0: it, well, it wasn't intended to uh, to take that kind of force. But I, I could. I could tolerate all of your ridiculousness up until, including blaming our son, up until the I point. I didn't blame our son. I did the opposite. The, I,
1: I absolved him of any blame.
0: Up until the point where you blame the glass.
1: Can I just say one thing, and I, and, I, and I hope Denny will leave this in, even of though course. it's a non sequitur? Yes. Breaker 1-9, is there anybody there? <laughs> Come on back and talk to Teddy Bear.
0: Oh, good heavens.
1: Might I also say that when we came down to the basement to do this podcast, what happened, as seems to happen every week? What? The, the smoke alarm was chirping. Oh, yeah. It's like a, the aviary at the Bronx Zoo in this place, and it was the same smoke detector that was chirping three days ago when I replaced the battery. You gave me a brand new battery to put in the smoke detector. And we come down this morning, it's chirping. And I said, I just replaced this with a brand new battery. And you said, what?
0: I said, it may not have been brand new. I just found it in the drawer. I said, so why don't you test it? And you, like a buffoon, Not a buffoon. Did.
1: I have no qualms testing nine. Are they nine volt? Nine eight volt. volt. I can They're never nine remember. Volt. Nine volt
0: batteries. So uh, you used your tongue. You put it on the battery, and then I won't be tasting food for the next week. <laughs> Good. Then I won't put any extra spices in it. But uh, but yes, we have to but, figure but out you, what's going you, on with but that.
1: No, that's not my point. My point is, you then <laughs> declined to taste, to test, taste, test the battery.
0: Well, yes. Why? Because I'm a grown human woman. I don't. I did that when I was a kid. I didn't like it. You did do I'm it as not, a kid. I'm not going to do it again. Yes. <laughs>
1: well, perhaps that's why White Castle tastes good to me. My right. tongue has been numbed by taste-testing 9-volt batteries that's as an what adult.
0: White Castle, White Castle numbs my tongue more than the battery.
1: That should be their advertising slogan. There you go. I've done a lot of driving lately. I do a lot of driving generally, but um, I was driving in Minneapolis. By the way, Minneapolis... Minnesota generally really the 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 Paris of the zipper merge. I mean, I had to zipper merge 20 times in Minnesota and each time it was more of a of a pleasure and a privilege than the previous time.
0: Explain to me the Paris reference.
1: Paris is a, is a it's a beautiful city in France that's sort of the paragon of of civilization and uh Okay. What, what am I explaining to you about Paris? I
0: just didn't r- understand its relevance to the zipper merge.
1: Okay, well, it's it's neither here nor there. Okay, but, but uh, my point is, Minneapolis. Like it
0: wouldn't work if you said the Hawaii of the zipper merge. Hawaii is another place that's seen as you know beautiful and lovely. So I, I still don't uh, I still don't know why it would be the Paris of the zipper merge. It is.
1: It's. It's the. It's the. Uh, it's the sine non.
0: Like the Mecca. Wouldn't Mecca be more appropriate than Paris?
1: Okay, let's, let's call it the Mecca of the Zipper Merge. <laughs> okay, I feel better. Now, I'm ahead. probably profaned in some way. but Okay, okay. go ahead. The, the, the Mecca of the Zipper Merge. It was just a pleasure Zipper Merging there, but what is not a pleasure, and I've experienced it around here in Connecticut and, and elsewhere, and forgive me for using this as a forum to get this off my chest, but it's the left turn. Can we talk about the left turn lane just, just briefly? Sure. If you're in a left turn lane Particularly if there's a left turn arrow And it's a finite amount of time There's seven seconds You can't be on your phone You can't be on your phone You have to You have to be like a sea captain Where you're not just responsible For getting yourself through the left turn You're responsible for everybody behind you Okay And if you If you doze for a few seconds and, Or you just casually leave a gap Of nine cars in front of you As happened to me the other day You're screwing everybody behind you As, as you must know can I get an amen or not?
0: Yes, no, I think there's definitely a responsibility if you are at the head of the left turn line, especially if it's a, a green arrow that you only, you know, you only have so many, you are responsible. That's one place I wouldn't even consider turning the channel on the radio. My eyes are fixed yeah.
1: on that arrow Thank you. Thank you. waiting for it to turn green. Shouldn't you feel don't you feel responsible for the people behind you when you're in a left turn lane even if you're not at the head of it? If you're in the middle, you're going to say we're going to get these next. I'm going to I'm going to pull as many of these people Yes. Out of this burning building as I can. Yes. Those these four or five cars behind me, they're my responsibility. You know how I got to get them through are, the green area. Are listening
0: well. in their car right now, saying amen to your left turn signal non Meanwhile, rant
1: while snoozing through a left right probably left turn arrow. <laughs> while pressing fast
0: forward.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of the people behind you, on my return flight from Minnesota, and this is another recovered memory. The guy sitting in front of me. Uh, just before takeoff, reclined his seat fully, as one does, if they have no human decency. Right. And uh, closed his window shade, and then fully extending his right arm, reached back as far as he could, I think damaging his rotator cuff in the process, and yanked down my window shade.
0: See, that's not okay. You can't... You can't infringe on the window shade of of somebody else. You you know it's one thing if you're sitting in the in the aisle seat and you ask the person sitting in your same row in the window seat, would you mind putting your window shade down? You can't reach back, and get someone else's. That's that goes against all airport rules. It
1: goes against it's against FAA regulations. As I as I quickly informed this gentleman,
0: this is a different gentleman than the one who was drinking Baileys at early in the morning.
1: Right. This gentleman I believe was drinking vodka and tonic mid-afternoon. That might have been the guy sitting next to me. So I, I put the shade up.
0: And that was it.
1: There were no the, repercussions. No war was
0: ensued. Well, since you're talking about the vodka tonic and, and the double Baileys for breakfast, that makes me think. I was reading with our youngest, our seven-year-old. She was reading to me. She was reading a Junie B. Jones book, one of the many Junie B. Jones books. But in this one, Junie B. is a first grader. And within the first... I don't know, 10 pages, she's talking about, um, just as an aside, the police, uh, she knew about police officers because one had been on her street to arrest a drunk neighbor. And this made our seven year old say to me, what is drunk? And I said, well, it's if a grown up has had too many grown up drinks. Sometimes it makes it makes it so that you can't drive or, you know, you just can't function as well. And so her, her follow up question was, have you ever done drunk? <laughs> have you ever done drunk? Well, and, I, and, and have I, you? I said I have never driven a car after having too many adult beverages, and then moved on. But uh, I didn't want her thinking too much about being darn drunk or. Have you ever done drunk? Just because it's a phrase she had never heard before, and I, I just love the way she she put that.
1: I thought you were gonna she, you were gonna say that she asked you what is a drunk neighbor, <laughs> and and your I'd response say... would have been your response would, have, you know, our next door neighbors, the Johnsons. That's yes, a, right. Well, they have a drunk neighbor, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: and he, mommy, and he wears a tortoiseshell monocle. <laughs> We talked about you being in Minnesota last week. I'm going to be in Minnesota this coming weekend. I'm pretty excited. The WNBA starts the season, and on Sunday the 20th, there's something called WNBA All Day, and that's all 12 teams in the WNBA have a game. Games start at 1, and the last one's at 9 that night. Ours is at 5 o'clock Eastern on ESPN2. We're doing LA at Minnesota. Can't wait for it. And, uh you know, you and I have purchased season tickets to the Connecticut Sun this year. We're not going to be able to go to that game because I'll be in Minnesota. But I encourage all WNBA fans not only to tune in on Sunday or other days, but if you live somewhere where you can get to a game and support these women, this the basketball is absolutely amazing and exciting. There's great stories. One of the things that's going to be fun for me this coming weekend is Holly Rowe, who is normally our sideline reporter, is going to be doing play-by-play on this game. So Ryan Rucco will not be there. So Holly Rowe will be doing play-by-play. I'll be the analyst. Lachina Robinson will be on the sideline. But again, uh, you can tune in and watch that game or any other of the teams playing in the WNBA. Everybody will be playing on Sunday, the 20th. And Next week, for sure, when I come back, I'll have some Uber driver confessions because I will take some Ubers while I'm in Minnesota. But while you were in Minnesota, you had an opportunity to get into or not get into, you'll have to tell the story, an Uber.
1: Well, I did take. An, I had a rental car in Minnesota, but there was I was in a situation that required me to abandon my rental car somewhere and take an Uber. I'm justifying this so that I can expense both the Uber and the rental car. But um, because you were out there for work, yes. And uh, uh, so you want
0: to leave that a mystery, though. We'll talk no, no, about was, why you no were there. No great cliffhanging la- mystery. La- but later when I've it. written
1: a story that that appears in the Sports Illustrated, who paid me to be out there, then I'll talk about the story. Right. But. Um, I was out there i had to take an uber and i was leaving a place where they said oh this is a new building it's such and such address north 20th just put that in for uber i don't know if there's an issue with the wi-fi i don't know why i was required to plug in the address and uh, so i did and i went outside and i saw a street sign that said southeast 20th street so i went back in and said to different people now at the front desk is this north 20th street and they said yes it is so i went back out and i couldn't figure out why on the map my uber driver was zeroing in on a large green expanse of google map that looked like a park when i didn't see any small patch of grass around me and then i got a text from him saying i'm here so i replied something along the lines of well that makes two of us and then I realized that where he was and where I was were many miles apart in Minneapolis and that he was at North 20th Street and I was at Southeast 20th Street. And I had to reply that I think I've been given the wrong address. He didn't reply to that. Soon after, I got a notification that my Uber had been canceled and I replied again to him, I'm sorry, I was given the wrong address, really begging him not to uh, not to destroy my uber passenger rating which i think he subsequently did
0: well think about all the people that uber drivers are driving around you've got people who have done drunk you've got college students who are who have no money to tip you've got high school students who are just annoying in their high school ishness and, so, and yet you will have a worse uber drive uh, uber rating than all of them and yet so. it
1: hadn't kicked in immediately because i was able to get a driver within 15 seconds to take me where I needed to go
0: and yet this still is this podcast's Uber Driver Confession
2: Uber Confessions
1: well, we've, we just got our Uber Confession segment theme that we just played we're kind of auditioning how would you call this A sort of American Idol style auditioning uh, a viewer mail theme we're about to do viewer mail and we got in the post this week, not just plenty of viewer mail, but we got a, a segment theme from Hari, of Tom, Dick, and Hari, but apparently Hari going a little bit solo, perhaps he's going to be the breakout star, he's going to be the Justin Timberlake, he's going to be the Lionel Richie. Of Tom, Dick, and Harry, the
0: Lionel, the Lionel, Richie,
1: <laughs> the Lionel. Richie, just the yes. way you
0: just said that. Well, yes. Are you sure we got it in the post and not on the perimeter? Since we uh, we got it from Nar- what is Harrells.
1: This is this is Harry's. I know it's Harry. This is Harry's. Side Harry's, Harry's side hustle. Harry's uh, a pet project. His his traveling willberries, if you will, mm-hmm. is Harrells Markley, the the power funk uh, sound. Of Harl's Markley. So anyway.
0: We'll, we'll, well, let's have Denny put it into the podcast we'll in the and podcast. we can let so, the
1: viewers decide. Let's go to Viewer Mail and this week's Viewer Mail theme. Perhaps this week only, Harl's Markley with Viewer Mail. Viewer Mail,
2: Viewer Mail, isn't it ironic? Viewer Mail, Viewer Mail, not visual, it's sonic.
0: So I'm eager for next week's version.
1: <laughs> I think Tom, Dick, and Hari, with Hari, back in the fold, are working on a on their own slightly less uh, funkified viewer mail theme. But well, we're, thank we're, you, Hari. But uh, we're, we're delighted to have that. We're no delighted. Buts. That yes, was phenomenal. We we're
0: delighted and also eager to hear the full band's rendition. And, and Hari,
1: if I may say, what a lovely voice. <laughs> okay, uh, we have a couple. You know, we have we have our, our staff. OBGYN we have our staff uh, ophthalmologist yes we have our staff we have our staff teacher teacher staff educator we're getting a lot of applications now for staff things Um, Eric writes that uh, if dr. Siegel needs an official show staff anesthesiologist album I'd be honored to fill the role don't all OBGYN, OBGYN physicians have patients that need epidurals? I believe so. Like Steve, I'm a Marquette alum. And like Steve's sister, I am a Creighton School of Medicine alumnus. Uh, keep up the thoughtful and entertaining batter. Eric, can we make Eric our staff uh, anesthesiologist? I Lord think, knows, we could use some. Uh, a little I think less. we
0: can consider it. And, and, you know, at the risk of upsetting other OBGYNs out there, when, you know, I've had four children, four different OBs delivered our children. Only one of them had I ever even met before. But I could not have been happier than when we had our youngest and I saw the anesthesiologist was the same one who was there when our oldest was born because his epidural was perfect. And whoever the anesthesiologists were for child's child's children number two and three the epidural was not perfect and therefore the delivery was slightly less less than comfortable so I didn't care who was there going to be there to catch the baby but the the anesthesiologist was the most important person in in my delivery room and that of course includes you
1: <laughs> I don't know about Eric's delivery but his father during the great Bloomington flood of the early 80s I forget what year I think it was 83. Eric was about six years old. His father went out to survey the damage with their camcorder, and when they went to watch the the film, uh, Dad had held the camera backwards and recorded two minutes of his eyeball instead of this once-in-a-lifetime flood. So, um, good did... thing uh, his
0: father was not an OB. <laughs> yes,
1: but if if Eric becomes staff anesthesiologist, I will do every show under propofol, under heavily sedated. Um, I don't
0: think we should joke about
1: that. I don't think we should either. Okay. As as of now, I'm only doing half of the shows that way. Uh, Ed, Ed in Silver Spring, Maryland. Ed would like to get his foot in the door before it's too late. Please let me know if you need a staff patent attorney. If so, please send me the appropriate forms. I'm interested. This may be the high point in my career. Ed in Silver Spring, Maryland. P.S. I love stingray afternoons. That clinches it. I'm naming him staff patent attorney. Well,
0: wait a minute. If... If he's going to be the staff patent attorney, shouldn't he be sending us the forms of whatever we're patenting? Why? What forms would we be sending him? We're not his attorney; he's our attorney. Start sending us some forms. Get some stuff patented. And, Talk to and, Denny.
1: Get the side hustle working. You've got the job. What can we patent though? What can we patent from our show? What is what is our own uh, our own intellectual property or or. Uh... Do we have an invention? I can't. I can't think of anything right now. But I do know that we'll have to put together something
0: that um, de-germs a roly bag.
1: That's good. We'll have to. We'll, let's put together a staff directory. We'll assign everybody an extension. If you know your party's extension, press three now. Okay. They don't really need extensions, but okay. Why not? Uh, our friend Josh in Wyoming writes Rebecca. I assume this is for Rebecca because you love Bailey's. Have you ever tried Whisper Creek as an alternative to Bailey's? Uh, If not, you definitely should. They have a mocha-flavored version that's legit, made in Nashville, Tennessee, by some good friends of Josh's. Um, Josh, also, uh, you know, I was getting you Baileys the other day. In addition to to the vacuum cleaner on Mother's Day, in addition to two dozen lovely tulips, in addition to letting you take the kids to Six Flags. Letting me take six girls to Six Flags. I, I, I got you a bottle of Baileys, and while I was purchasing it, the lady at the liquor store said... Oh, have you seen the stuff next to the bellies? It's called the Boston Harbor. It has a lovely finish, like a maple syrup. And I said, "It's like an apple al- alcoholic maple syrup that you could pour on your waffles." And she said, "Yes, it's like a like a an after breakfast drink, apparently." So,
0: we well, consider that. Then let's go to a, a tweet from Bob, by the way, on Twitter. We're at Ball and chain Pod, and uh, Gmail is ballandchainpod at gmail So Bob sent us a tweet, and he said. Trader Joe's he sent me a picture and it says Trader Joe's says to refrigerate basically their version of maple syrup and it said on the side it's reserve bourbon barrel aged maple syrup. So my maple syrup is not aged in a bourbon barrel. So I think I'm okay not to refrigerate it and none of us have ever gotten sick from not refrigerating our maple syrup. But apparently if you get it at Trader Joe's it's aged in a bourbon barrel and therefore you have but, to But But you do keep your it.
1: bourbon in an Aunt Jemima's bottle <laughs> just to, just to uh, keep it from the kids. Actually,
0: it would be Mrs. Butterworths because our son, when he was really little, called it Mr. Butterpants. And ever since then, we call our non-real maple syrup Mr. Butterpants.
1: Daddy, why is Mommy drinking from the syrup <laughs> bottle again? Josh also writes, and I don't know if I can possibly take this at his word, but let's do it. Here's a story a friend of my, about a friend of mine's kid a teacher in kindergarten asked her students if they knew what an election is. A student raised his hand and said, I don't know what it is, but if it lasts longer than 36 hours, you need to see a doctor. Can that possibly I be true? I can't believe Can it's be possibly true? true. Let's get some viewer mail going about one letter changes in words and their contrasting counterparts. Well, there are all kinds of words. You change one letter, and it makes a big difference. And if you look it up on the Internet, there are a million memes of uh, real products and real menus and things like that that uh, one letter makes all the difference. My favorite in the list that I just looked at was uh, in a grocery store, a bunch of buttermilk, pancake, and waffle mix. The slogan above it, this was an ad, pantry stuffers, only they had left out the R in pantry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you have too much of it, it also
0: will (laughs) do that.
1: Pantry stuffer. you have a tweet you would like me to go on
0: I know I have a tweet from John and and last week we were talking about you losing your keys and then taking my keys and losing my keys and he said nobody loses as much stuff as Steve Russian and then there was another tweet by Joan and she said may I recommend getting tiles for your keys those are the tiles that you stick on stuff and um, you can look on your phone and find where that is so um I've heard those advertised. We don't have any of those. That might be a good thing, but then we'd have to decide what we put them on of yours and what can they send signals to because inevitably your phone would be one of the things that you've misplaced. And if that's where the app is, then you wouldn't be able to find anything, including your phone.
1: Yeah, I tweeted something, a screenshot of my phone this week. It reminds me, and uh, you had sent me a text saying, get in my car and i said texted you back and said you forgot to say get out of my dreams and can people, i give this a little context n- no well sure but i mean my my point is people responded with the fact that my phone battery was down to like 25% or something and that i it was evidently it. in need of a charger it's and time uh, to steal my charger. Yes.
0: Well, you and I had both been at something for our kids at their school, but we had come from separate things. So we each had our car there. And this was actually when we were going to go to Target to get whatever it was that we needed to get. And so we both drove. We're going to leave your car at in a parking lot and then drive to Target. So you pull in to the parking space. I was right behind you. I just pull my car up, and I'm sitting there waiting. And you were completely oblivious that I was there. I don't know if you had forgotten why we were going to the parking lot, or if you didn't know that I was right behind you. I don't know what, but that's why I had to text you and say, "Get in my car." <laughs> that's not something I would normally send as a I text I was to you.
1: Deeply into whatever I was listening to on the bridge on Sirius XM, uh, our friend Mark Mark Simon writes. A recent conversation with family got me wondering, do you remember the first time that you had a bonkers, all caps, reaction as a sports fan? I ask you two because my sister's answer was when Teresa Weatherspoon hit the half-court shot to win the game for the Liberty in the 1999 WNBA Finals, which I imagine you were going bonkers during that yeah, as well. I was,
0: I was injured, so I was on the bench uh, in street clothes. And the best part about that, it was a best of three series. This was the WNBA Championship Series. We lost game one to Houston at madison square garden game two at the Compaq center in houston Teresa weatherspoon hit it wasn't even a half court shot it was a three-quarter court shot and the best part was since nobody expected it to go in nobody expected us to win right after she made it and the arena was kind of silenced the streamers started coming down <laughs> because whoever uh whoever was in charge of those had a quick trigger on their finger and uh and but yeah that was one of the most uh, remarkable moments in the history of the WNBA for sure so what was your bonkers they, the first they, time you went bonkers on something? They
1: had a quick trigger on their finger. <laughs> they should have taken <laughs> their trigger off the finger. <laughs> well, But Mark's guess for Rebecca was Larry Bird something, but so many possibilities. My guess for Steve is either a last-second Vikings win or Game 6 of the 1987 World Series. Actually, Mark, for me it is a Larry Bird something. When Bird stole the ball in the 1987 Pistons series, uh, Game 5, I, I, I had left the room. My little brother was still watching, and I was I was talking on the phone to my dad, who was making his once-a-week phone call from, from New York, where he was on away in business, and uh, the game was over. So I, I couldn't believe it. I was in the other half of the basement, pacing around the ping-pong table because I couldn't bear to watch the Celtics going down in flames. This was probably going to be their last chance to win a championship. And Bird stole the ball, so I was going bonkers. But I was going bonkers by the ping-pong table, coming back in, Waiting to see the replay because I I refused to watch it live. I was, I was distraught. Um, the yeah, night m- uh, mine well, I- would
0: have been something to do with the Celtics um, beating the Lakers. I hated the Lakers. I hated Kareem, Magic, uh, James Worthy, all people. I've I I love Magic now, and uh, and you know, when I've been around James Worthy, he's been terrific. But as a kid, because they were the ones who could beat. The Celtics and did things that were unguardable and unstoppable. I hated the Lakers, but it would have definitely been something to do with a, an NBA championship with the Celtics beating the
1: Lakers. You ready for this?
0: Yeah, I'm ready for it.
1: Our staff, eye care professional, George in Columbus, mm-hmm. writes As a ball and chain consultant, I consider it my duty to provide Steve with a proper gentleman's monocle. I agree that tortoise shell is the logical choice. If you provide an address, I will have one shipped to you.
0: shipping you a monocle?
1: This is only the second monocle I've ordered in over 30 years. So they are rarely used, but evidently have a small cult following. Well, guess what? I have already provided George my address and my tortoiseshell monocle is on the way.
0: That's unbelievable. So in 30 years, this is only the second time that somebody has ordered a monocle. So we were right. So it's not a a high fashion item. It's not an Highly in demand item, and that's why it's going to be perfect as your affectation. Because who else is going to have one? But where are you, are you going to like wear this when we?
1: The answer is everywhere. <laughs> no, where am I? I gonna, where am I going to wear the... my tortoise shell monocle?
0: Just think, I, I I will delight in it if you and I are out somewhere somewhere, and you need to read the menu, and you put in your monocle. I will absolutely delight in since, that. However, since a monocle, any is, if, since if a if our children are with us, can you? Can you just picture 15 years from now when they're telling the story? Oh, you remember when dad used to put in his monocle to read the menu? Used to.
1: I sure as hell I, I hope I will still be doing it. As George writes, since a monocle is used as a reading glass, I would recommend a standard reading power of plus two, which will give you a 50 centimeter working distance, assuming your contact lenses are prescribed for distance viewing. So yes, I can still get the top hat. I can look like Eustace Tilly, the New Yorker uh, mascot with the top hat and the monocle. And then you need like a jacket the, with tails. He
0: also had that, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh i going to be the man on the Monopoly card. <laughs> this is going to be an absolutely delightful experiment.
1: <laughs> Several emails this week at ballandchainpod at gmail.com of people who enjoyed our experiment of saying hello to people on the bike path and seeing how many responded. Uh, Rob with two B's writes, uh, last episode you were talking about saying hi to people and seeing how many you got back. I live on Vero Beach, Florida. And I'm always the guy saying hi, smiling, or holding the door, and not many reply back, even with a nod. I'm truly amazed sometimes how it seems people try their best not to respond. When do you think this all changed? I'm 46 and do remember being a kid, and it's seemingly being a bit more friendly out there. Remember to always find your sunshine. Rob with two Bs. Rob T. Falana II. Uh, And I wonder if he's any relation to Lola Falana. Go ahead.
0: Well, you and I went for a jog earlier today, and not only did every person... And persons that we passed not only did they all say hello or good morning but they all initiated the hello or good morning so we were at 100% today so it was kind of a gloomy day a little humid but maybe for some reason it, the people were just in a different mood
1: there was one exception and I certainly don't blame them uh, I, I I would do the same if I were there in their shoes they were a couple on a tandem bike wearing wraparound <laughs> shades listening to country music
0: Yes, that was that was interesting. And and we know it was country music because they weren't listening to their earbuds. One of them had a it wasn't a boombox. They had some sort of device that they were playing country music out of as they rode their their Bicycle tandem built for bike, two. yes.
1: A Sharon in Silver Spring, Maryland. I wonder if Sharon knows our our resident patent attorney who is also in Silver Spring, Maryland. No relation, different addresses. She provided her address by the way so that we could send her a fridge magnet. We should tell people if they want a fridge magnet, they want a. We now have beer coasters. We well, you know, I don't know that they have to be for beer, but they're they're coasters. You sure. can put your
0: glass of water but on the coaster.
1: Just, just email us your address. Yes. We will not don't. use it for any nefarious purpose. We won't even keep it. We'll get rid of it. We have no interest in your address other than to send you some swag, right?
0: Yes, exactly. This is Denny's side hustle is to send Denny's people stuff for free. So fridge magnet, beer coaster. Well, um, we got it all. <laughs> Sharon
1: writes as a P.S. P.S. regarding overstaying your welcome. You and I overstayed our welcome at a at some friend's house recently. We have a friend named Steve who often stays much longer than we'd like. My mom had a great suggestion to say, come on, honey, let's head up to bed so these good people can get home.
0: You, is she supposed to say that to Steve or her own husband? She's supposed to say it. Well, because <laughs> that could prolong the visit.
1: Well... So Sharon did say to her husband, Come on honey, let's head up to bed so these good people can get home. We used it on Steve and his lovely wife and they laughed and said, Oh, that's a good one. And then they stayed another two hours.
0: <laughs> See those those are the, the kind of kinds of friends you need. It, you know, take away you have similar interests, you're aligned politically, you have, you know, same tastes in music. You just need to have the friends that know when to leave the most important trait in a friend
1: (laughs) when Chelsea Chelsea writes when when she was seven uh, her father was a pharmacist my dad and his friend Billy were both pharmacists that went to college together and opened their own business when I was around seven we went to Billy's house for a barbecue I was concerned when I saw Billy had only a house and a yard with no cows Chelsea herself grew up in central Kentucky on a cattle farm run by both parents Uh, when I asked my mom where are Billy's cows I thought he was also a pharmacist Mom eventually understood what I was getting and explained that Billy is a pharmacist, but not a farmer. But, so
0: so I'm a little confused. Were her parents farmers and her father was yes, a pharmacist? Yes, I'm sorry.
1: I didn't explain that well enough. Her father was a pharmacist who also operated a cattle farm that Chelsea grew up on in central Kentucky. You recall, last week we talked about a feminist pharmacist conundrum that was also, I believe, a Louisville family. So this might be a Kentucky thing, you know, a, the yeah. confusion between farmers and pharmacists. But... More importantly, Chelsea adds she would like to submit her application to be the podcast's resident pharmacist. She also is now a pharmacist. I don't know if it's a good luck for us to
0: have a resident pharmacist that might be construed in a way that we don't want it to be. We
1: already have an anesthesiologist. <laughs>
0: well, the, yeah, you have an anesthesiologist. Well, I don't well, think we should I, have I, I think we Big or Little or Kentucky I think Pharma. Owe,
1: I think we owe it to Chelsea to, to hear her out, hear her qualifications. I listen to every podcast episode. Follow all relevant parties on Twitter, Steve, Rebecca, and Denny. Played college basketball, coached youth and high school basketball, married to a college basketball coach from Minnesota who probably only has a sports social description for Steve's column. Husband is avid fan of all things Minnesota Vikings, Twins, Lynx, T-Wolves, or Lumber Pups as we call them, wild, curling, Minnesota nice, Minneapolis skyways, Zambonis, going to the lake, etc. I mean, is this speaking our language or what? Husband and I do the Lobo Ruka running experiment anytime we run. Happy All right. Give, well, she
0: she sealed the deal, right? Most there.
1: importantly, happy to give insight to Steve's phantom medical conditions and recommend treatments as needed. Well, how's your TMJ, by the way? It's 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 great now that I've realigned my jaw in a way that that it no longer affects me. I, my bite is all screwed up, and I certainly will never chew food on my left side again, but the TMJ has gone away. Fascinating. I think Tell we, us more. <laughs> I, yes, I think we please. Should still... What's her name? What's... Chelsea. All right, Chelsea. If she can get
0: rid of your phantom medical conditions, she, without question, can be our resident pharmacologist. she be our, fa- <laughs> our
1: phantom pharmacist, our fantasist. There you go. Along the same lines, Rachel in, in Utah... We, we need a, a staffer from Utah. Without don't we? question, yes. Rachel from Utah, I need one of those magnets. I'll happily be the backup resident educator. I guess a, a substitute teacher, perhaps? Yeah, we substitute say? resident. Yeah, my, my, resu- my resume is as follows two years teaching junior high PE, my get out of hell free card, five and a half years teaching high school medical anatomy and physiology and medical terminology, five years working at the Utah Department of Education, avid listener to the pod and follower of all y'all. Does this qualify me, qualify me to get a magnet? Certainly. Magnet. I well, mean, just
0: being an avid listener of the podcast is her get-out-of-hell-free card. Right.
1: And she signs it, Rachel, parentheses, the Bible spelling. Are there, oh, there's there, there's are there, A-E-L or? and E-L. Which
0: one is the She's Bible e, spelling? The same as your sister. The same as my sister.
1: All right. Rob. Now, now, Rob. This is with one B or two? Rob with one B. We've already had Rob with two Bs. Um, Rob, like our daughter, I think we mentioned this on a podcast, was born on Christmas uh, half the time, my family forgot my birthday altogether. Most of the time, I received the combined birthday-Christmas present. The present was always wrapped in Christmas decor, not birthday decor. I do know I was never taken to London for a long weekend. I can't remember ever having a birthday cake. This is one of the many reasons I've become the jaded man I am today. Uh, never most had of his... a
0: birthday cake? Well, that's just awful. It's terrible. So, I'm but, sorry, what's the rest of his? Well,
1: he he, he uh, most of his friends were born on or around Christmas now celebrate their birthdays in June or July. Our daughter's never doing that. But what I like about this is, Oh, oh, shoot, I'm, I'm late for my psychologist appointment now, but what I like is this P.S. P.S., it must be her Connecticut accent, but I love how Rebecca says words with double T's like buttons and mittens. It is her New Britain accent. See, I didn't know that there
0: was anything different about the way I pronounced those words until I met you, and the first time you heard me say mitten or button, you're like, button, mitten, and you still do. Anytime, give me some other double T words, kitten, anything I say. Cotton. cotton. I mean, it, to me, that sounds completely
1: normal and appropriate, and um, you call me on it every time. Johnny Rotten. It is it is a little bit English, sort of cockney as well, but um, Mike has the opposite problem of, of many of our listeners. We have and we have Denny with one N. We've had uh, uh, Jessica with one S. Uh, Mike says, cheer up, Denny and Jessica. The grass isn't always greener. As a Mike, he has the most common name in the world. When he goes to Starbucks, it will always spell his name correctly but usually give his coffee to somebody else Um, so your last name becomes your identifier when you're a kid and everybody on your team is Mike or everybody in your class is Mike Uh, my kids are pleased to find my name in one fish two fish red fish blue fish but for every fun Mike there's a Mikey from the old life commercials if I'm ever told he likes it again it will be too soon so cheer up Denny with one N and Jessica with one S the grass isn't always greener his middle name is Steven with a V that's from Mike Klug, K-L-U-G or is it Klug do we know Klugman? We don't know, but Kluge? it, but it Are is. They, they're not
0: bullying, So it's Michael Stephen Klug Steven or Michael Stephen Klug?
1: P.S. it could be worse. We're work, going with Klug. I work with a Mike Smith. Hi, Stephen Rebecca. This gentleman has a great idea. This gentleman, Dave from Worcester, has I mean, a great idea. Could Denny put together a Steve playlist of all the songs referenced on the podcast? It would save the time of having to go back to listen to the podcast to write down all the songs. Reference it would save his time. It certainly
0: certainly wouldn't save Denny's time, yes. who then has to go back and listen to the podcast a, a, and write a, a down side the songs. Hustle to
1: a side hustle. Have you
0: mentioned? You haven't mentioned any songs in we, today's we, we, podcast, yeah, have you?
1: I, I will. I'd be happy to. Well, I did. I did. I did make an allusion, assuming just Denny left to Denny, Johnny Rotten to to a Red Sovine. Breaker One Nine. Is there anybody there? Come on back and talk to Teddy Bear. That could be. That's on, from that a could song. Our, I thought yes, that was just you being kind no, of weird. No, no. You'll have to. <laughs> you'll have to uh, educate yourself, but. I think Danny should put together a mellow gold playlist of of you know with seals and Crofts, England. Dan and John Ford Coley last week or the week before we mentioned Dan Fogelberg's another old Lang sign, uh, and I would add this week because I've heard it a few times and and uh, it's in my head. I would add Danny's song by Loggins and Messina. You must have heard this playing in the kitchen a few times. Pisces Virgo rising is a very good sign, strong and kind.
0: No, I don't. I don't remember that, but I, I will look for maybe maybe Danny can get an official ball and chain playlist and have it put up somewhere that's i think what, that's a that's great what idea Dave from
1: worcester is suggesting yeah exactly so,
0: but instead of just a list of the songs denny should compile the playlist and put it on one that, of the that's music what I'm saying. things that's what, yeah, that's what a go. playlist is well you could just put the songs down and let people make their own playlist i'm saying Denny would make one that would then be available could also to the put masses together a,
1: a kind of mellow gold uh, lullaby list because uh, i'm thinking golden slumbers we just played that played that last night for one of our kids golden slumbers by the beatles Beautiful Boy by John Lennon. I love that song. Yeah, you do love that song. Anyway, just a thought. We have a lot of viewer mail this week. I'll get to some of it next week. So if I didn't get to it this week, I'll try to get to it next week. We just have one more applicant for a staff position. Um, This is uh, Michael in New Jersey, in rural Hunterdon County, New Jersey, far from the densely populated industrialized areas seen from the New Jersey Turnpike. Michael would like to apply for the, uh, I would like to throw my hat in the ring as the resident pooper scooper, I must say to Steve that as a... what, what? <laughs> is this having we, anything we to do with this that.
0: the cereal poopers we that we were talking use, about in the last podcast? He perhaps, perhaps not. I, is he talking human feces? Or? I don't know. But he okay. says,
1: I must say to Steve that as a trained professional with 24 years of collections, my tool of the trade never all caps crosses the domicile threshold never all caps again the proper disposal of, ma- of the matter is vital in maintaining sanitary conditions that oh, is not horse hockey
0: he's talking about long long ago in one of our early podcasts i talked about you scooping up the poop off the front steps bringing it into the house across the dining table as we were sitting down for dinner to throw it out the back because there was snow and so forth on the ground so i believe that's what he's referring to of course the implement you use should never cross the threshold.
1: And lastly, I just like to say, our resident band nerd, and I think Dorky she, Diva, Dorky Diva, our staff, without question, I'd like she's to be your official band nerd. nerd. But I think Dorky Diva is better. She says, but she has, she has, she has. Well, so d- this is not from Dorky, Diva, it is this from Dorky Diva. This is from Dorky Diva. Oh, we can't. We we are not going to play it this week. We'll save this for another week. But she includes a re- a recording. She's a, as our resident band nerd. A recording she made in the 1990s. That is, I think, the 1990s. In,
0: in a nutshell. In sonic
1: form, Yeah, yes. in a nutshell, uh, in a bandshell, perhaps. And we'll play that another time. Dorky Diva, by the way, is a cousin of the great Giovanni von Bronckhorst, the former Arsenal in Barcelona and uh, Holland midfielder. So, um, But uh, we'll get Denny to play that on another podcast. Right now, we only have time...
0: Well, first of all, thank you to everyone who sent in emails, ballinchainpod at gmail.com. Thanks to everyone who sent us things on Twitter. Thanks, as always, to Denny for not only being the producer of this podcast, for, but for getting all the other side hustles going. If you want a fridge magnet or a beer coaster, just send us your address at ballinchainpod at gmail.com. And are we? And, and, are we well, done?
1: well, no, we're not done because that reminds me. Michael in New Jersey, who wants to be and now is our resident pooper scooper, mentions that when our, our beloved Denny with one N gave his brother the triple-barreled margarita maker for his for his, for rec- his wedding, wedding, wedding present, yeah. Well, when Michael was married at a lovely Chinese restaurant in Forest Hills, New York, uh, somebody one of their relatives' guests went off register. There was one box extremely heavy and couldn't imagine what it contained. We actually tore up on the wrapping paper to find that my brother-in-law had given us a battery charger, not a double A AA or triple A battery charger, but one that you would use to start your car. What kind of gift is this? I thought years later, I would admit it was the best gift we ever received. We have revived dead batteries on countless occasions. It goes to show you that you don't ever know.
0: On that note, Tom Dickin, Harry,
1: Harles Markley,
0: play some more notes. Play us out.
2: Six of us and a family pet living in nasty cuckoo nest Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test Androgynous and vigorous while we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane